can actually go down where the water hits. Yeah, that's right. Where the turbines are. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay. Speaking of watering, oh, turbines okay. and water. All right. Okay. The Mishnah continued and discussed the um, what the Bezdin would do. Viyotzin afalakilaim. They would go out acholamoid. The uh, and check if there were kilaim, if there was a forbidden mixture of uh, crops that would have to be pulled out. So the Gemara now asks the following question: Did they really go out and inspect everybody's fields for kilaim on cholamoid and not earlier? So when it says the Mishnah says, and they go out. It seems it's not that it's something we just permit for the best and do, but rather that's the time we set for it. In other words, we Badafka are doing it at that time. So the Gemara is going to ask a question. We're going to see from another Mishnah that's not when they go out on Cholamoid. We're going to contrast this with a Mishnah in Shkolim that says the following things happened during the month of Ador. And one of them, and the last one, is the one that's relevant for our discussion. It says, On the first day of Ador, The Sanhedrin pro- proclaim regarding the Shkolim, that what? That it's time to uh, give your Machatzis HaShekel, because the fiscal year for the Jewish people starts in the month of Nisan, and we needed the money for the Korbanos, the congregational offerings that costed money. Severin had to give a machazit shekel, so they announced on the first of Ador that it's time to bring in your machazit shekel. They also made an announcement about kilaim, regarding kilaim. It was just an announcement. They warned the people not to plant kilaim. They weren't going out and expect, inspecting, they just made an announcement in all the shuls. Remember, do not have kilaim in your fields. Now that's on the first of Ador. And on the 15th of Adar, they would read Megillus Esther in the walled cities. I don't know where they're skipping the other things that happened. Oh, so it says why? Because it's also listing other things that happened on the 15th. As you'll see what else they did on the 15th. And they go to clear the the roads from the thorns and to repair the streets. Okay, get a lot of damage over the winter and people have to make Aliyah Laregel to go to Yerushalayim. So the roads got to get cleaned just like in uh, Thornhill, the roads get a bit dirty during the winter and you notice around March and April they got these big sweepers that go around and clean up everything. So that's what they did on the 15th of Ador. They also... The Lamudamikvos, and they would measure all the mikvahs, making sure they had 40 saw, because all kinds of debris would fall in over the winter. And if it falls in, it could be less than 40 saw, because dirt and things get in, and the mikvahs were not huge. So they checked that they measured properly, and whatever had to get fixed, they fixed. They take care of all communal needs. It's like sprucing up the country for the high, for the holidays. That's basically what's happening. And as well, since people are going to be walking, and they'd mark the graves because winter again could destroy the graves. 
This is on the 15th of Ador. They'd go out and inspect the fields for Kilayim, and they'd uproot any Kilayim that they saw. Aha! So this Mishnah says they went out on the 15th of Ador to uproot the Kilayim. While our Mishnah said they went out on Cholomoyed. So what's going on over here? Was it Cholomoyed? which it was clearly more than a month later than when they went out, according to the other Mishnah. So now there's two rabbis who give two separate answers. Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yossi Barchanino. These two rabbis give two different approaches. It's basically the same general idea. Chad Omar, one of them says, Kan Bebechir, here the Mishnah deals with the early crop. There were different crops that were grown. And the early crop, and and Khan and over there is dealing with the late crop. So the early crop, well, they went on the fifteenth of Adar to inspect the kilayim, and a chalamoy they'd go for the later growing crop. That's one answer. The Omar, and one would say it depends on different types of crops. Khan Bizroy, here the mission deals with grains, and grains are planted earlier enough that they can already be inspected for kilayim and ador. And Khan and Narmish is speaking about Yeraka, speaking about vegetables that take longer to grow and therefore it won't come up until Chol Hamoid. Same general type of answer. Now, comes along Ravasi and he qualifies this statement that we had. Amar Ravasi, Amar Rav Yochanan. He says, Lo shano elish nitzanikar. Why, when do we wait for the 15th of Adar for certain types of crops? And Cholamite for other crops, that's only when their sprouts are not recognizable before these dates. But in other words, they say, well, we're not going to necessarily wait. What if we notice there's there's actual Kilaim earlier? But if their sprouts are recognizably earlier than the general times of 15th of Adar and Cholamite, Yotz and Alayim, they would go for that, okay? So, uh, but but this was not, uh, you know, it, Michigan, the general times that they would look. But if they got reports that things were happening earlier, they would go earlier as well. Okay, now we come to a, a basic question. And the question is, okay, I understand there's two different times, two different growths, and you have to check it at these two different times. But why do you bedafka have to pick cholamoid? In other words, it's only a week. So, and the rabbis are, are generalizing the time, right? So, so why are you picking cholamoid? We've already said how important cholamoid is, and you know you should be doing more spiritual things. And we're not we're not saying that taking out kilaim isn't a spiritual thing, but you're setting up times. So you could have made it for one week later, could have made it one week earlier, Bidafka, you're picking Cholomoid? Like, what's going on over here? So that's going to be the next question. You're going to see an interesting answer. What's so special about Cholomoid that we go out at that time? Let's go out before or after. Since it's not clear that Mishnah does not mean to permit the Kilaim inspection on Cholomoid, it didn't mean to say that it's allowed, but to say that's the proper time. So why is it done specifically then? Because the late sprouting crop could just as well be inspected a couple days before, a couple days afterwards. 
Amar Rav Yaakov, Amar Rav Yochanan. So he answers, Mishum Schar Pu'ula de Muzli Gabon. Because the inspector's wages will be cheaper for Chol HaMoed. In other words, what's the general rule? When do workers charge more and when do they charge less? When they got a lot of work to do, they charge you more. You don't want to pay me? Good, I got enough customers that will pay me. But if it's a slow time, then of course people will charge less. Now since we're not allowed to do farm work on Chol HaMoed, who are these guys that are checking the, the sprouted kilayim? These are guys who are involved in working in the fields. So Cholomite, they're not getting much business. So now if they're offered a job, they're going to take it and they're going to charge less. Okay. That's a good enough reason to do that? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Tosos wonders how it is permitted for the people to hire themselves out as inspectors at Cholomite when working for Bay is forbidden. Second question. We have the first question was, why are we waiting to that time? But there's two aspects. Who pays the worker and the worker himself? So Gamora seems to be focusing on who pays the worker, who's asking the workers. But now Tulsa taking with the other side. Says, Wait a minute, how are you going to get any workers? No one's allowed to work at Cholomite. So they say there's going to be opinion later on in the Gemara that someone who has no money for food, he doesn't have any, he gets every day, whatever he makes, that's what he eats that night. So you know, there, there we'll see there's a leniency person who lives hand to mouth, and if he doesn't work, they, that, that he's allowed to hire himself. So maybe we're hiring those people. That's what took. But there's still a problem, according to the other opinion, that a poor person cannot hire himself out. So what's how you understand over here? So Tosa suggests the rabbis provide a dispensation for work that involves a mitzvah, such as the uprooting of kilaim. This means that even a person who has ample funds may hire himself out for such a purpose on Cholomite. For a mitzvah, you could do this. Others explain the inspection for an uprooting of land is considered a public need, okay, for which one may accept wages on Cholomite. So you see, it's a whole discussion now. When can you work, even though you don't need the money, there's got to be some mitzvah or public aspect. But that's all in terms of the worker. The Gemara here is only focused on those that are paying. So I was saying it becomes a lot cheaper. Now the Gemara is going to say, so what do I care if it's cheaper? Why should it matter if it's cheaper? So this is the, the big, one of the big sources against big government corruption. Okay? Amar so Razvid answers, the same Rav Masharsha, some say it's Rav Masharsha answers, Shmami, no, we hear from this give and take, Ki avinan that when we pay the inspectors, who's paying the inspectors? Mitrumas halishka yavinale. It's from the chamber of the temple chair, a treasury. Okay? Remember, when people gave the machatzisa shekel, it was for all needs, not just for the korban. Because remember, to come and bring korbanos, you also need people to come to Jerusalem. So it's part of the treasury. It's not just enough to have money by the carbonos. You have to have the ability for people and in the surrounding area to not do averos. So he took some of the public funds for communal projects. And therefore, for the 
communal funds, we don't want to waste the money. No kickbacks over here. We're trying, so, so it comes out a very fascinating idea. Even though we're trying to preserve the integrity of the holiness of the holiday of Sukkot and Pesach, yet when there's mitzvahs to be done, we have to take care of it. And now if we can pick a certain time, so the money that belongs to the community coffers has to be spent wisely. And therefore, if you get it cheaper on Cholomoyd, we do it cheaper on Cholomoyd not to waste the community chest money, so to speak. Because, and why do we have to say that? Because if we say people pay for funds that are theirs, meaning everybody who owns his own field would pay them. See, that was the whole thing. It didn't say clearly who pays these guys. You might have thought maybe the farmers should pay the guys. In other words, each farmer has to pay for somebody to come to their field and inspect the field, and if things gotta get pulled out, to pull out. So if we would have thought that the individuals were paying, then my nafgalon minaya, what difference does it make to us that they should have to go out cholamoid? What do we care? Why are we going to the uh, bother of lowering the costs? Because it's from them. Whatever the inspectors request, they should be given them because there's no reason to hire them on Cholomoyd for the sake of reducing the costs. So we would not allow it on Cholomoyd. Okay? But since it's coming from the community coffers, so we want to reduce what is being spent and therefore we have them go on Cholomoyd, which is still a fascinating idea. But you, you have to, in other words, this is Hashem's money, so to speak. We don't want to waste Hashem's money. So it seems that Ghazal understood that there are priorities. And the priorities are that we do not waste communal money. And therefore, that is a protection against fraud. If you don't care about the community's money, you see how things get out of hand. You see how interesting, how Politicians who are not rich people, they go in regular and they come out very rich. Okay? I'm not going to go any further than that. And they, they can extort, they can get $25 million and not pay a penny on taxes and whatever. Yeah. If a farmer wants to privately hire an inspector and hold him to check his field. So he gets a certificate to say my field is fine, it's combined free. Can you take advantage of it if it's his own private money that he's using to check his field? I, 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 he's not taking advantage. The community chest is paying for it already. So why, why would he want to hire someone? Say he does. Say he wants to hire someone to check his field. Can he say I'll take advantage of it even though it's a personal, private matter? <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm not going to say, he's, what, do you, what do you mean he's taking advantage? Explain to me what you mean when he... But, but he, he would pay zero otherwise. I know, but say he says, you know what? I don't, want, I don't want the community to have to pay for my field, so I'll pay for it. And now it's an I individual. Guess, I guess he, he could do it. Eligible to do it, would be saying he can't. Well, I guess he could do it because then he's saving it from the community. Because let's say it costs fifty dollars to check his field, so the community is paying fifty dollars less. So it's like he's giving a donation. Yeah, okay. 
maybe he's a God-fearing person. He doesn't want one day to go by at that time where maybe there's um, uh, kilayim. Uh, so I could hear. The whole point is you're trying to save communal money. So he's saving communal money. Yeah. He's saving even the cost, the reduced cost <laughs> the community's not paying. So I guess he could do that. Um, I don't know how many people would take advantage of that because they really are taking money. In, in other words, it's like this. Shelly, on Thursday morning, you wait for the garbage to be taken. Right? So I'm saying, would you now go and pay? There's these people who will pay. You can pay them and they'll go to your house to collect. So would you pay the guy to collect on the day the government comes by to collect anyway? To say, I want to save them money. Usually you're going to say, well, I'm paying enough $10,000 in property tax a year. You know, I'm not going to go. And, uh, so it's like, I could do that. You know, if I wanted to hire somebody and say, but then again, I'm not saving uh, the government any money because the guys just work less. But anyway, I, I just don't see people do it. But I guess if he wanted to, he could. Money overrides not working on the phone money. It's like, for money we can work. For wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not for not money. So for money, God. it's it's the community chest should be able to save money. Yeah. You, you have to understand, it, this is it's a foreign concept. We live in a, yeah. a, a world where the, what do you call it, the governor general gives a bill for... Uh, limousine service you know like hundreds of thousands of dollars it's just understood you waste money Torah is saying government does not waste money and to such an extent it's so important that we send people out on Cholomite it is a mitzvah also it's a mitzvah but we want to save money when we're doing the mitzvah and that's an important aspect in other words it's showing a certain respect for the, the community coffers, yeah. which we could tend to think, in, uh, better yet, what um, Jews have Yetzirahs. <coughs> they have Yetzirahs. So what do you think the Yetzirahs says? Ah, they're so rich in the government. These guys, they uh, they get a, they got a half shekel coin. Can imagine how much they're creaming off the top and making a lot of money. Okay, especially when the Romans were trying to take it over. That's right. Okay, now that you're saying, well, why are we sending you out of home? Like, because it costs us less. Like, whatever you want to say about Trump, whatever you want to say about him, but when he first came in and they were going to make a new Air Force One, he forced them to cut the price hundreds of thousands, of, if not millions of dollars. Yes. Well, every other person says, just charge whatever they want. Yeah. So it's like, so what do you mean? It's government money. Who says you waste government money? It's people's money. After all, it's not the government's, it's the people's yeah. money. And now you're wasting their money, which is indirectly like stealing from them. <clears throat> so that's, so it's not just, oh, oh, for money I can do this. It's to save the money no, from the community coffers. That's when we, and it's to do a mitzvah. So we, we can't, we couldn't from that make an extension. Oh, so I'm just gonna go to the Leipzig Fair and make a lot of money. We've already said you can't make profit. You can only avoid a loss. Oh, so since, what was the overall principle? When can you water your field? Only if your field will be damaged by not watering it. So now, it's going to make sense. The community is going to get damaged 
if they're going to hire a guy, it's not making profit. It's going to be damaged by paying out more than they need to. So it's like the community is the same as the individual. So that that's something that makes sense. And that also has a... So in other words, we're prioritizing. So the sanctity of Cholomoid is important, but there's certain priorities. According to one Tana, if he doesn't have what to eat, he, he can work because eating is always going to enjoy the Antif. So we make a priority in that area. Mitzvahs that have to be done, we make priority for other mitzvahs. So we make a priority that the community chest should not squander their money. But now, no one can now take that on a private basis and say, okay, so now I'm going to work. What for? You, you, you can't extend yeah, it on that. If they have a whole month before to check it out, and I know we just said that some crops, you won't know until it's, until it's a young and then you have a whole month to do it, but you've got only five days. It's only five days. Six. Uh -huh. in, in sukkahs, but anyway, oh, five days. Okay. You get a lot done in five days. These workers, they paid every day. If they don't get paid, they don't eat. That's the problem. No, no, so no, that, that's, so, that's not the problem. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, but no, I'm no, saying five days is... So five days they save, it's a lot of money. Yeah. For five days, I'm sure they send a lot of workers out. So Why don't they send all the workers out for five days and not do it three weeks before and save even more money? Hire a hundred more guys and just do it all. Again, I, I, I can't really answer that. Uh, um, if we're using that logic, it just seems to me that the money... There was well, let's do this way. Yaakov came back for one jug, right? Sadiqim, remember the rule is, Sadiqim care about their money. What does that mean, care about their money? We don't waste money, any amount of money. Is a waste. Baltashchis, for example, wasted thing is on one piece of bread. So if you're wasting community, so one dollar is important. It's not. So you know, I I understand what you're saying. It will probably take weeks and weeks to get this all done. So we're only saving five days, but that's still it's still saving. So if you can save, you save whatever you can save from the community chest. I think it's a, a really important idea. I mean. In other words, you don't want to have a government that says, ah, what do we care? It's the community's That's money. Right. Raise the tax. We'll raise the taxes. So if they see you're going out of your way, I think this breeds more confidence in the people. They're saying, wow, why are they saying I don't call them money? Because we don't want to waste the money that you gave. But it's only five days, but we think that's important too. And I think, you know, I hate to say it, and I'm not saying it, optics is important. When you're doing the right thing, yeah. you should have optics as well. And they say, wow, they're sending out, I can't go to work. But say, yeah, because we're saving your money. We don't, when you're giving the money, your hard-earned money you gave is a master shekel, we don't waste it. I, 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 to me, I hear that. So now the Gemara asks a follow-up question. Now the question is, how much of, when is the growth of Kilayim considered the stage of being intermingled that you have to uproot it? It could be, it might end up growing in a way that it doesn't need to be uprooted because it depends the direction that they're growing. Things grow wild and whatever. So at what point, at what amount of these species are we acquired to uproot it? Rashi explains, it's not unusual for a small amount of variant seeds to be mixed with the species that one plants. When this occurs inadvertently, 
The small amount is nullified and planting it does not constitute a violation. That's just like uh, meat and milk. How much a mixture trades it up? Less than one in 60. So just like you have less than one in 60 meat and milk, so with kilite, if it's just a little, one little vegetable, that's, Gamar inquires concerning the case where inspectors find kilite in a field. What is the measure that they're required to uproot or what amount may they leave in place? Although it has not been stated that anything may be left in place, the one who asked the question knew that there's a threshold in this regard. He brings it to the question as a way of learned, leading up to his answer. It's not when they come, you know, how detailed you want to be. Because yeah. this could be very time-consuming. We're just a little, little gross and nothing there. Now to start uprooting it and this and that takes a lot of time. Vat Kama, some Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, he answers, Ka'osa Shashininu, like we learned in a mission, Kilayim, that says the following, Kol saw. Any saw, that's a, a dry measure of regular crop. Sheyesh ba, that has in it, going up to the next page, rova zera mimin acher, a quarter kav of different species mixed in with it. That's what we have to know. What is that? A quarter of a kav is one twenty-fourth of a saw. Okay? So now, what did we say? For a saw, right? So a rovaka, one twenty-fourth of that. Okay? So if it's that much, yimat, you got to reduce it to be less than a quarter kaf. Rashi implies that the Mishnah Kilayim refers directly to the case in which Kilayim has grown in a field. The owner is obligated on to weed out enough of the foreign species to reduce its measure to less than a quarter kaf per saw. He may leave the remainder because the four mixture is not significant. The mixture is not classified as kilayim. So when the inspectors see it, that's the same thing. So in interesting, we would have thought you got to take the whole thing out. Answer is not. You take out enough that it goes beyond that level. Now, of course, you got to think, well, what happens if it's going to grow more? So I guess they'd have to know the nature of the crops to know how much to weed out that it doesn't get back to that level of one twenty-fourth. Now others explain the mission refers to one who wishes to plant seed that has a foreign kind mixed in. Before planting, he must reduce the foreign species to less than a quarter cow per saw. When this minimum amount is planted, it is nullified and the mixture does not constitute kiline. Or if more than a quarter cow was planted and took root, it constitutes kiline and all of it must be uprooted. According to the Gemara, means to describe the threshold which the inspectors must begin to put in line. If they find a field containing less than a quarter cow, they may leave it as it is, but when they discover the field has a greater amount, they have to reduce it. So now that was the measure that they gave. Which Gemara asked, Vatanya, I, we learned in Abraisa, Hiskinu Shihu Mafkirim Kolasoda Kulam. Whoa! Abraisa says the sages instituted the inspectors that they declare that the entire field whoa, is whoa. ownerless. Whoa, whoa. What a penalty. Whoa, okay, when you hear the Bezin makes the announcement on the 1st of Ador, it's like the IRS, if we're going to come and get you, you're going to be in big trouble. So therefore, to that end, they declared the produce ownerless. So in any way, we see that rather than merely reducing the illegal growth, the produce was confiscated. 
Okay, now the question is, did they, was it, they said it was ownerless and uprooted it? Or it just said it was ownerless and everybody can go and take from it? So what's going on? It seemed to say we were uprooting it. Right. Now we're saying they made it ownerless. More answers, low kasha, it's not a kasha. Khan, kodem takona. Our mission is before the rabbinic enactment was made, as we'll see what that is. Kan la'achar takona, and the second b'risa is after the takona. Detanya, for we learned in the Mishnah the following, a b'risa. Barishona, in the beginning, when the inspectors came, they would simply uproot the kilayim and throw it before the homeowner's animals as fodder. No penalty at all. As a matter of fact, they would feed the animals. <laughs> and the owners were really happy. Right. Two happinesses. Why? One of them is they're weeding their fields for free on community money. I'm getting them to weed it out. And also, it's throwing from my animals. Save me a lot of work. Great. Come on. Do it all you want. So wait, in other words, instead of the people doing it themselves, they let the inspectors do it. So therefore, he skinned with the made decree number one. Uh-huh. They uprooted the kilayim and they threw it on the roads. And therefore, they wouldn't feed the animals. But the owners were still happy. They were still happy. Why? They were still weeding the fields. So at that point, uh-uh. They made a decree. They would declare the entire field all in list. So our Mishnah is speaking at an earlier time before we made the decrees. But uh, later on, the Bryce is speaking as time passed where they saw people taking advantage of this government program and therefore they said that things were hefker and people would lose money. And that brings us right up to the next Mishnah for tomorrow. Everybody, good to be back.